Welcome to the Manager Matt podcast show. The show is designed to give you solutions to your day-to-day management and leadership problems. It's hosted by Matthew Haddock, a frontline manager and leader with over 25 years of experience. If you're ready, then let's get on with the show. Hi, and welcome to the Manager Matt podcast show. This show is designed to give you actionable, practical help and advice which will improve your management skill and get you the best results you can. Make sure, if you haven't already, take the time to subscribe to the show so you'll never miss an episode and share it with anyone you think might benefit. Well, without any more delay, let's get on with this week's show. How do we look at conflict and disagreement at work? What's the reason that most of us, and I'm saying most of us, don't like to argue with each other every time we meet? Now, it would be a very weird world if we always turned into a mass argument every time we met someone, and extremely stressful. But on the reverse, as managers and leaders, it's easy to slip into the mindset that everyone needs to get along with everyone all the time. We think that everyone should be best buds. I remember in the 1990s, trust falls, team building, raft building was always the rage. We didn't want any conflict. But to really get into this, we need to go back in time. To really understand how we as a species get on with each other, we need to go back. So let's go back. Let's get in that time machine and go back in time. Now, way, way, way back, I'm not talking at the start of time, but let's think of humans themselves as groups. They would live in small groups, say, they say 100 to 150 maximum. That's the number the experts have come up with. And they say that you'd live in a a small village which everyone knew each other. To fit in and to get on with people was not just important to the people of that time, it was actually vital for survival. And what do I mean? Well, I mean, it was really life and death. If you were out with a group, then you would become a predator for a meal. Basically, if you were out of the group, you wouldn't be able to survive. Or if you became old or injured, who would look after you in that group if you didn't have good relationships? So inside our brain, they talk about the basic human brain. They talk about it being a lizard, a lizard brain. You'll hear a lot. There is a driver to want to fit in. So conflict is going to get in the way of this. On the opposite, when you had a group, which was your tribe, and you'd meet another different group, that means that there may be some fights over resources. So you had to have some suspicion of new and different people. Again, this was not linked to having any choice or, or nice to have, but it was about life and death back then. Now this has carried over nature into the current working world. In our world, you are not going to starve to death in most parts. You will have no problem on living on your own. In most ways, people can easily survive on their own. Using the internet to connect people is a big thing. You can even feed yourself, shop, without leaving the house. But our programming has not changed. And in some way, conflict has been more a prevailing recent thing that has seemed to be we want to get rid of society. I mean, in some ways, the media of the internet has created more arguments and more conflicts. You have people arguing over the dafty thing on Twitter. Uh, things like, should Yorkshire puddings be served with Christmas dinner? Obviously not. Or who was the best football team? Who cares? 
And why don't the bin person or persons put the bins back in the same place they took them from? Why can't they do that? Don't understand it. Now, those low-level conflicts could become very toxic. Back in our human early village again, if you wanted to call someone out, have an argument and badmouth them, you needed to go to the face or talk behind the back. Now, this could be a risky strategy. You could very well end up with a punch in the face, or even worse, you could fall out with the group. Then we're back to the fact that you don't fit in. But now, we can hide behind some strange username and send out toxic comments from wherever we are in the world. But what has this to do with conflict at work, I'm sure you're asking. We have moved on, and we have all got to the point where we can or can't live on our own, or not on our own. But there is also the idea that there is some form of conflict. There's a yes and a no in our brains. Our brains want to avoid conflict, but they also want to be part of a tribe. So in a small team, you can easily see people functioning and getting on really well. But even inside that team, they see outsiders, even within their organisation, as being people who they have conflict with. You'll hear people saying, the IT department don't do anything, they've never done this. The legal, they're always making a mess of it. Who's that lot upstairs thinking they knew where they are? And what is John doing? How come he always misses when it's time to pay the coffee fund? Hmm? So there's conflict climate at low levels throughout our business. Also, I feel in business, you need some form of positive conflict to really drive your business forward. Now, I'm not talking about open office warfare, with sides taken and deliberate negative action happening. I mean the idea that you need to be challenged in the right way and have a form of challenge around you. Now, I'm not talking about in a crisis situation. We've spoke about that before. That comes down to command and control situations. But you also don't want to be surrounded by people who are really just agreeing with you all the time. So why does conflict turn toxic? Before I answer that, let's look at what causes conflict. Now these usually fall into a couple of rough categories. There's things like something has not happened. So a trigger could be away from work at home. Could be somebody not putting the dish in the dishwasher or not emptying it or not taking the dogs out for a walk or not tidying the rooms up. These trigger reactions. And at work, a job has to be done. A report has to be written. A deadline has to be done. This all leads to conflicts when people don't do something. Second point in this idea of categorising rough categories of why we have conflict is uh, someone disrespects you. You feel offended. Your values are challenged. You're taken for granted. Again, this is from you. It might not even mean it, but you have picked up that someone has disrespected you. Then a third point, someone or some department are not putting the perceived effort in. Now that's around people not caring, not putting in where you are. So there is a logical thing that's not happening. There is an emotional thing that's not happening that causes conflictive reactions. So, I guess, as a manager and a part manager in our community, how do we reduce the impact of these? You can't remove emotion. We're humans. We've said this before. You can look at logic, but as humans go, there's always going to be a link between logic and emotion. So to solve it, you need to look at both parts of it. So if we can have a look at that, a try approach as a manager. First, 
if you're going to start to reduce conflict, look at the logic and the data. Use the data to make decisions, but not only to understand this decision from a data point, but also understand where the data is coming from, because sometimes the data can be manipulated. Use your KPIs to get the results, but be aware that these will change. Sometimes it's cost, other times it might be service, but there's a balance in both of those. If you get someone who's really logically driven around data, they think that hitting their KPIs is all. But of course, with the emotional part, you still make sure that the people are involved in that. From the emotional side, you care. You have a passion, but for the right things. If you're not just completely passionate about why someone hasn't turned a light out in the office, but don't care if your service is missed, then your emotions are in the wrong place. You've got to make sure that you're on it and want to be there. You put the work in as a manager and you show others that you, day in, day out, really care emotionally about the place. And this will help smooth those interactions where people get emotional about triggers around conflict. And then the third point is relationships. I've said it before and I'll say it again, people work for people. So building relationships, one-to-one, time to talk about the human-to-human things will make a massive difference when it comes to conflicts. Have fun and be able to see each other in a group that needs help, not just as a human resource that's got to be deployed. Make sure you're setting standards in those relationships and enforcing a culture and behaviours that set the bar high. If you see or feel the culture is right, then it will be a place where people want to be and do the right things. And that will then drive down conflict. In my opinion, the first thing to look at is how your ancestors work together. Now we are not going on a survival course or a trust fall at the moment. I know that's still very, very 90s, but there is purpose in what we do and a reason in what we do it. We need to know the why in our business. We need to make sure our teams have a long-term strategy to drive forward the business. And when the teams understand this, it helps channel the conflict in the right direction. And to be honest with yourself, people will have conflict. There will always be somebody who will offend somebody or upset someone. There's obviously a line. We're not talking about disagreements on race or sexuality. We're talking about disagreements around work. And some of that is healthy because it will drive your business forward. We will always disagree somewhere. They always say that if you put two people in a room, it's an argument waiting to happen. The advantage is if you've got a team that's set up, that knows where it's going, that uses logic and data understands the emotion but builds relationships you'll have a much much stronger team and you'll also be able to lead as a leader a winning team that will succeed well that's my thoughts on conflict and disagreement in the office i'd be really interested to see your thoughts on it so if you get a chance please send me an email around this show or any show because i'm always open to feedback as i think it's a gift you can always get me at managermatpodcast at gmail.com answer all my own emails and would love to engage on new and old topics well that's it for manager matt this week thanks for listening and goodbye thank you so much for listening to this manager matt podcast we hope you found it interesting helpful and actionable one last thing please leave a quick review on itunes or with your podcast provider as it helps to spread the word of manager matt 
If you haven't already done so, please subscribe to the podcast. And if you did like anything in particular, send an email to managermattpodcast at gmail.com or visit managermat.co.uk for more content. Feedback is a gift, so let's keep giving. See you next week.